0: When you have an idea for a blog or a podcast or a book, you might have the tendency to go out and see if anyone else is doing it. And if you find someone or several people, you might think, oh man, well, we'll have to scratch that one off. Back to the drawing board. It turns out this is precisely the wrong reaction. In fact, the most successful people are actually the ones in the spaces where lots of other people are serving the same audience and often talking about the same things. This isn't just a matter of opinion. There's actually a lot of data out there to back it up. I'll tell you some stories in this episode to prove it to you. After the intro, we'll dive in. I'm John Morrow, and this is Breakthrough the Noise. podcast about rising above all the noise out there, all the endless ads and content and notification and get people to pay attention to you. Not just for a moment, not just for one poster video. On this podcast, you'll learn how to create lifelong fans who hang on to every word so you never have to break through the noise again. One of the most common mistakes people make is they believe that product marketing advice applies to channel marketing. And here's what I mean by that. Most people have probably heard that that you grow rich in your niche. That you need to start in a blue ocean rather than a red ocean. That was popularized by the blue ocean strategy. And a lot of this advice is true if you are creating... A product. What they do though is they transpose that advice over to a channel like blogging or content marketing in general. So what I mean by that is people think well I'm going to grow rich in my niche therefore I need to start a blog on a really niche topic or I need to start a podcast on a really niche topic and as it turns out that is totally wrong. When it comes to any type of content marketing, or really any channel marketing in general, the way you want to go is actually to go as wide as you possibly can to capture as much of your audience as possible. And here's what I mean by that. Our core audience is people who want to get paid to write, but there are also a lot of people who, before they get ready to get paid to write, just want to write better. So we have a lot of articles about how to write better. So we're capturing those people. Early on, we call that the sophistication model of marketing. We catch them when they're unsophisticated before they're even aware of what their opportunities are. They're just aware of an immediate problem they have. And we help them there. So you want to expand outward even if it means reaching out to people who aren't quite ready for your product or service yet. In our case, what that means is becoming the top side in the world about writing in general, even though our ideal customer is someone who wants to get paid to write. So in other words, we're going much wider with the channel marketing than we are with the product marketing. So let me give you a counter example to this of someone doing it absolutely wrong. Years ago, I had someone sign up for a consulting session with me who was an expert on genetically engineering tomatoes. And in particular, they were fascinated and one of the world's top experts on changing the shape of tomatoes and making those tomatoes square so they fit into boxes Easier Now, regardless of where you sit ethically on genetically modified foods, look at how narrow this topic is. They want to start a blog on square tomatoes because that's their expertise, because that's what they want to become a thought leader on. But here's the problem. There are like nine people in the world who want to read about square tomatoes. Okay, so even if you have 100% market saturation, it still means you have a tiny, tiny, tiny blog. The fact is, the size of any audience is capped by the demand. So if you have a blog about square tomatoes, it can only grow to the number of people who are already interested in it. Now, a lot of people say, Well, John, that's my secret. I'm going to find a topic that people don't know they need to be interested in. And I'm going to use my blog to evangelize it. But here's the problem with that. And here's why it doesn't work. When you are evangelizing a topic no one cares about, there are no existing sites to link to you or to share your content. There are probably not many searches in Google, okay? And what that means is traffic doesn't have anywhere to come from. You say, well, John, people will just find me. They'll share it with their friends, and they'll realize how important it is. In practice, that almost never happens. Traffic has to come from somewhere. Either it comes from shares or links or searches. In general, when we're talking about organic traffic, And if none of those things are showing much demand for your content, then that means you do not have any chance at all at being successful. And this is true for any type of organic inbound content marketing. So podcasts, YouTube channels, all of those things, the total size of your audience is determined by the total amount of demand. All right, now what that also means is the largest sites are the ones about mainstream topics. These are topics that you talk about with your friends and family, like around the dinner table, or even on Facebook. The big three are health, wealth, and personal growth. So anything about our health, we talk about with our friends and family. Anything about personal finances, our jobs, investment opportunities, our bills, okay? All of those financial everyday topics are actually very popular topics online and also personal growth. Anything about becoming a better person, becoming a stronger person. So for example, meditation, very popular topic. In any of these three niches, and yes, there are more, they're just not as big as these three, It is actually very, very easy to get traffic because if people like your content, they'll share it on Facebook, for example, with their friends and family, not because they were persuaded by your brilliance, but because your content is useful to people they know. The other advantage of those three topics is there are thousands of influencers in each of those spaces. Now, your initial reaction might be, well, John, why would I ever want to be lumped in with thousands of other influencers? The reason is, if there are thousands of other people talking about the same topic, if you say something interesting, that means there are thousands of people to link to you, to say, hey, this person is talking about something important, go pay attention to them. And because their audience is interested in the same thing as the audience you're building, they come over to you. The other advantage is there are lots of searches on Google related to these three topics because there's lots of existing demand for information on those topics. The key insight here is rather than trying to persuade people to be interested, rather than going niche and talking about something no one else is talking about, what you want to do is go into a space where there are actually already lots of people serving your audience. Now, they may not be selling the exact product that you have on the end, but if there are no other blogs or podcasts or YouTube channels that are popular serving your audience, there's an excellent chance, I'm talking ninety-nine point nine 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 percent chance, that you will not be the first. So go into a crowded niche. It's actually easier to get traffic because there are more places to get traffic from. Now, what about the competition? How do you stand out? Well, to some extent, this entire podcast is related to that, but I have two things I wanna leave you with. Number one is that you really only have two choices. You can either be in a competitive space where there's a lot of demand and you can learn how to stand out. Or you can be in a space no one is interested in. You can stand out, but it has no benefit to you at all. In other words, I think it's better to be in a competitive space. The second thing I'll leave you with is my father's wisdom that he passed on to me when I graduated from college, which to some extent is the beginning of how I learned all of this. And what happened was I went to him, I was tired of being broke, and I asked him, Dad, how can I go out and make a lot of money because I'm tired of being broke? And here's what he told me, and it's some of the best advice I've ever gotten in my life. He said, find people who make more money than you do, but they're dumb and lazy. And then go do what they do, and don't be dumb, and don't be lazy. That's what he told me. This is the essence of beating competition. Just because a space is crowded doesn't mean that you can't stand out. Most of the people in that niche are dumb and lazy. And if you can find dumb and lazy people building huge audiences, making tons of money, that's a tremendous sign of opportunity. So I'll leave you with that. Go out there find some people who are dumb and lazy but are making more money than you are and then don't be dumb don't be lazy and go take their lunch